We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Uncle Luke got me hooked on Hennessy, so thank you to Uncle Luke. Let me see you pop them things, shake them, doodle brand. We want to talk to Jared Payton right now. He is on Twitter at Payton Sun, S-U-N, WGN TV Sports Anchor. Joins us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline and Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. Jared, how are you? Fellas, I'm doing amazing and always look forward to talking some sports with you guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We we were wondering, what do you think of Shane Waldron? <laughs> I had this conversation uh, yesterday with uh, Molly and Hall. I mean, you guys, it wasn't, it's, it's, how do I explain this? I don't want to be disrespectful, but it it didn't like. It didn't move the needle for you? It, it didn't move the needle for me, but that's, but that's just, that's just me because I was looking at some of the other names. And I think like, I think my relationship with Cliff Kingsbury and just, just his his offensive mind and what I know about him, I think probably, and I also also am um, am close with uh, Marcus Brady as well, who came in for for an interview last Saturday. So like, I think maybe my hopes were guys that I knew, uh, but when I go through the resume of Shane Waldron, I mean, there's I think there's a, a a lot to like there about just everything that I've talked to about people that know him and that he, everything that flu said about him, that he's a guy that listens and a great teacher when it comes to, you know, understanding the game and understanding his system. So there's things that I do like, it just, just didn't move the needle for me, but I guess we'll have to see once uh, this offense actually takes the field with whoever's underneath center for, for the bears. Now, see, now you're, now you're trolling me because (laughs) you know, that's where I've been focused. And also we've learned that the McVeigh run game is more gap-based than it used to be, where it was very often zone principles, and we know the Bears have been largely outside zone. And if, in fact, Waldron is bringing some of these newer, more evolved McVeigh concepts, do you think the Bears' personnel works with a, a gap run scheme or isolation blocks? Yeah, and... As of right now, I think you would have to kind of retool, especially it's going to be a different change for the guys that are up front. I think for the running backs, yeah, anything is is possible and guys can adapt to anything. But I think in some ways in this game, when you watch all these different schemes, when I watch uh, the 49ers, I think you have to be balanced. It's got to be inside and outside. And you got to be able to, to do both because of, of how defenses are playing and especially with the guys, especially on the, on the defensive lines that you're playing against every single week. And with all these pass rushers, the one thing you don't want to do is get behind and also let them run free after quarterback. So most of the time, I always like being able to run at those guys because they don't like to have their hands down. They want to be able to, to kind of not fight off blocks. And I think being able to have a mixed in of inside and outside zone and, and, and gap schemes, I think if you have a, a 
a good amount of that, it, it's going to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. And teams that can do both, um, you see, have a lot of success. What what excites you about this weekend? Like when you're looking at these two matchups for Championship Sunday, what's got you interested? Man, I'm interested about the Lions, man. I re- I really am. I'm interested about this Lions squad going up against the 49ers. Um, everybody always talks about, and I know we all see it too, on the both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively, especially on the offensive side for the 49ers. They have so many weapons. I think with Debo and, and that injury, his availability, and not just being available, but what he is when he's out there and healthy, he brings a new dynamic to that uh, that offense that's a little crazy. And then you got to worry about him. And then the run game is so strong with McCaffrey. And I just, I think the biggest question mark is Brock Purdy. I've been saying that. I just, he's, he's the question mark in the wild card. Can he deliver and be the guy that is taking care of the football, distributing it to the guys, the playmakers that he has? And I know they love to be able to rely on that run game. But if he's turned the ball over, Man, Jared Goff and, and that that offense, they can run the football. They got two dynamic running backs and Jameer Gibbs and, and also uh, David Montgomery. They can get after you. Plus, St. Brown can get you whatever he needs, too. He's, he's a baller as well. They got so much. Laporta, I want to see that matchup. That's the matchup that I'm looking forward to. I know everybody wants to see the heavyweight fight uh, in the AFC, but... I'm looking at that game because I really think there's an opportunity for the Lions to win that game. What have you thought about what's happened with Detroit under Dan Campbell? Phenomenal, Lawrence. I mean, I didn't I didn't think from the hire from the beginning. I mean, I knew he sounded like a rah-rah guy and the biting kneecaps and all that stuff. I was like, ah, man. Like, at some point, we all know. We've been here and seen coaches here where things kind of start wearing thin a little bit. But – I think for him, he's really captivated that whole entire locker room. And I think people feed off of his energy. And I also believe that he's got something in plan and his vision is what the guys in that locker room believe and they see. And to see that how they've kind of turned that organization around and where they're at in the chance to play in the Super Bowl, um, it speaks volumes to to what Dan Campbell's all about and how the guys in that locker room in Detroit have kind of bought in. It's fun to watch this team succeed with him being the way he, there are a lot of good stories, including like the David Montgomery story. You know, it's weird because I, I think that the running back position and the linebacker position have, have both been devalued over the last couple of years or with NFL people. I'm not saying that the bears fortunes would have been, been different with David Montgomery but here they are again. Look, they're going to be looking for a running back this offseason. And meanwhile, David Montgomery now has an opportunity to play in in, in the Super Bowl if they can win. Yeah, I, I, I it is. It's crazy to look at the positions, and you guys know. I mean, playing running back, and then also just you know being around my pops and and understanding what it was like in the seventies and eighties to where we are now, and it's still such a valuable position. You got to be able to and look at the teams that are that are here right now that are the last four. I mean, they're able to run the football. You have to, in some capacity, the, the, the chiefs, in some ways they do it, they disguise it in different ways, whether it's screens, those bubble screens or whatever. But I mean, now with Pacheco, they, they can line up and they're going to try to run the football. How fun and, is he to watch Jared? Dude, I'm telling you, man, he, he is, 
he is fun to watch. I love the tenacity. I love the, how he keeps those feet churning and and after contact, yards after contact, him and David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs, though, Jameer Gibbs is is different, man, because not only can he run, but he also can catch out of the backfield. So he gives you that option as well. But, man, it's, I'm telling you right now, if my pops was alive, I know he would tell me, and I've been telling people this for the last couple of weeks, if he got a chance to watch Christian McCaffrey play football, he'd be like, he didn't talk about a lot of dudes. Never. He didn't talk about dudes. He, he talked about Gail Sayers. He talked about Jim Brown. He talked about Barry Sanders. Emmett was thrown in there because they were, you know, they were close. But he didn't talk about a lot of guys. And I know he would talk about McCaffrey being like, yo, he's a dude. He can do, he can do everything. Whatever you need him to do, he can do. And I, I just, hopefully we can get this running back. Uh, you know how they do the QB like the, they, they did the QB thing for Netflix. Mm -hmm. I want to do a running backs version of that. That's my next goal to be Ooh. able to follow running backs around so we can see like the daily lives of them and how, what they go through. Because I don't think a lot of people understand the, the impact the, the, the brutality of the position, man, it is, it's rough. And I think it would give people a good perspective of, of the position and how valuable it actually is. When I look at Pacheco, the guys that jumped to mind for me were college teammates, I believe, at Minnesota. Mary and Barber and Lawrence Maroney. Maroney and Barber, who, mm. who both ran like they were like somebody was chasing him like there was a like a t-rex was was chasing him and anything in their way they were going to smack you out of the way they were going to step on your neck and they were going to keep going until something stopped them and you're talking about short careers generally yeah. you're just it's there, there isn't a lot of self-preservation involved except the one time marion barber ran out of bounds the yeah, one time not he Let's did. not talk about that, Dan. Can we not talk? Like, I just got chills, and that gets me upset every time we talk about that. Like, like the, yeah, it's 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 hey, it's crazy to think about because I've been seeing uh, like over the last, I think it was last two days, I've just been seeing Saquon Barkley's name being thrown out there, right? And like people putting him in in pictures and Bears uniforms and stuff, and it's just funny because I looked at this tweet from February tenth of last year. And I said, I had a great conversation with Saquon today. Um, he said that he has no clue what his future holds for him, uh, but love the opportunity to play in Chicago. He said if he did come, he wouldn't wear a 26, but he would wear a number in the 30s because of my pops. Hmm. How cool. And, and so it resurfaced today. So I posted it. And it's just funny to, to think about that. And it was a side conversation the two of us had. I didn't think he knew that I was going to post it, but I did. And back in those, uh, back uh, in February last year, it kind of went viral. So it, it got brought back up today. So let's talk about Lamar for a second. Mm. He's the probable MVP of the league. Yes. Success in the postseason has eluded him. Here's an opportunity with maybe the best team he's had in a while because that defense that Baltimore runs out there is really good. What's on the line here for Lamar Jackson? I mean, we're talking about legacy. I mean, he wants to be in that conversation. We know what he does during the regular season. That's all great. But I think for him, just listening to him talk yesterday, listen to his press conference, man, he wants to be amongst the greats and to be able to be at play that position in the NFL and what it means going up against a guy that already has Super Bowl championships in his pocket and Patrick Mahomes, he knows 
this is his opportunity to be able to cement his legacy and he's got to make it happen. And like you said, Lawrence this is the best team that he's, that he's actually had and like what they've been able to do. I mean, just thinking about their, their, at the end of the season when they played the 49ers. I mean, it was like, holy cow, these guys are just going to steamroll. Well, that was a regular season. This is where not only you make your money, but this is also where you cement your legacy with among, amongst the greats. And you got to be able to have that Lombardi trophy to be able to hoist it. And I think this is his best opportunity, but it's not going to be easy. And I don't think he wants it to be easy. And it's only right that you get a chance to go up against Patrick Mahomes and figure out who's going to be able to, you know, represent the AFC in Las Vegas. It's interesting that so many quarterbacks, I know Jared Goff among them, talked about the the calming his mind and feeling somehow like things were were not over amped when he took the field or he had people chanting his name. I can't even imagine that. Like it's one thing for Mahomes who's it's done this a million times and has got its rings and all that. But how could a professional athlete, I mean, you've been on the field before you've been out there, just the idea of how to find that elusive space at the beginning of one of these games. I guess it's, it has to be so hard. Dan, it's crazy. I've played, I know, never played in the Super Bowl, but played in the national championship game, played in all the major bowl games, um, been in hostile environments. I mean, most of the time, to be honest with you, you don't really, I mean, you hear the crowd just because, I mean, when you're trying to focus in on play calls or what the quarterback's saying and you can't really hear, especially on away games, it's crazy. But you almost in some ways forget that the crowd's even there. And it's just you on that football field with with your teammates going up against the other guys trying to figure it out, and you find a way to be able to block it out. I think for a guy like Jared Goff, where in this Lions squad, people they're they're playing with house money a little bit right now, where the teams they're going up against, everybody's like, well, you 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 should win, where you can go out there and play a little bit more free. And I think that's what we're going to get a chance to see. This is another opportunity for them. They're going up against a 49ers squad that everybody's saying, oh, they're, they're going to beat them by a touchdown, this and that. Well, yeah, it, it's a lot more pressure on you when you're expected to win. And when you're not, you can go out and play free. And I think most of the time people like being the underdogs. And for, for Jared Goff, I think that's what he's – that's a mindset for him right now. But, man, going in hostile environments, it is – it's crazy. We played at West – no, it was Virginia Tech uh, my last year when I was at Miami. And I'll never forget, like, how close the stands were to where we were sitting on the sidelines when we came off. And this guy, this drunk dude, just yelling at me, screaming at me, telling me all this stuff. You'll never be like your dad. I'm like, these people were ruthless. And I'm like, I'm trying to focus. It's like one of the only times I've ever not been able to get back focus and let the crowd, like, get into my head. And you got to find a way to be able to get in that safe space when you're out there. When when you're in those moments, like, do do you prep for them? Like, is that something that coaches talk to you about, or is that like a a player to player thing? Where it's a it's a player thing. Like, it's you know what? I'll, I'll give you the best example because I didn't understand this until I got there. But you know the rivalry games in college, the big ones, and for us, that's Florida State. And during the week where we're practicing, we have we had speakers outside on Green Tree in Miami for the entire practice, Lawrence and Dan, the entire practice blaring 
the entire time because that's what happens when you go to Doe Campbell. And I think they kind of set you up for that where when you get there, you're used to it already. And so there's little tricks to the trade that coaches and they can do, especially with that sound, if there's something that's coming from a stadium that's normal where you can get that feeling. And I think that at some point gate put me at ease for my first start when I went to Doe Campbell to play uh, my last year in Miami. So who you got? This weekend? Yeah. Uh, uh, man. All right. I said this yesterday. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Lamar. Just Lamar and the Ravens are going to, th- I feel like they're going to beat the Chiefs. And I'm going to go with the Lions beating the 49ers. I'm going out on a limb. I just, I just have a, there's some feeling and it would be easy to go chalk, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit and, um, and hopefully not cheering for the Lions. But as a Bears fan, man, like I said yesterday, I want us to feel this pain a little bit. I want us to feel what it like watch another team go to the Super Bowl from our division and know that we got to get there. Like oh, we're not good. We're not more pain. Up. Just what we need. Yeah. Hey, it's more hey, pain. Hey, I mean, if, I, if you want to take the North and never give it back, you got to go through at least two teams now. You you have to walk through your fear sometimes to be able to get to that greatness on the other side. You got to feel uneasy. And as of right now, I don't. I, I want to. I want us to have that urgency here in Chicago. I don't want us to feel comfortable. I don't want us to sit back and be like, oh yeah, we're our mindset right now is, and I, and I get it. It's about who the biggest thing is who's going to be quarterback. I get that, but we also can't take our eyes off of the teams in the division that are damn good, and we need to be there. And there's nothing that we can't be holding back and oh this and that. No. That's not where that's not what this organization needs to be. We gotta find a way. And if it makes us feel uncomfortable and upset seeing the Lions in the Super Bowl, then guess what? We need to get our act together and we need to get back there. We need we need to figure out a way to be able to compete in this division. Jared, tell us about the premiere of Legends of the Big Game this Saturday night, eleven PM on WGN TV. You guys, I'm super, super, super excited about this. We I had an opportunity to sit back and, and talk with some legends of the big game. Devin Hester is one of them. His his son and coaching his son's team. Also, Chris Long, I flew out to Montana, interviewed him. We hiked up 7,000 feet uh, up this mountain, and I got a chance to sit down with him and Boomer Esiason talking about his son who had cystic, who has cystic fibrosis and how he had to kind of go through that while he was playing and their Super Bowl experiences um, great interviews, great insight from all three guys. And it's just an honor for them to open up not only, uh, you know, their doors, but also their lives to me. And every single year that I do this, I'm excited. So I'm hoping that people get the opportunity on Saturday, even if you don't watch it live, DVR it, and please just pass the word around that this is coming on. It's a, this is, this is, it's a cool experience. I get the chance to do this every single year. And that WGN gives me this opportunity. So I'm very thankful. Jared, as always, man, we love the conversation. Thank you, sir. Man, anytime, you guys. Have a great weekend. That is Jared Payton. And next up, we have some of the latest rumors regarding the Bulls and possible trades and some thoughts from Kendall Gill on the score about the way they're playing and who's playing well for them. So we'll set aside some time for the Bulls next on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. They totally botched the timing of that. I think they thought it was going to be something different when that got out. That, oh, you got a 25, 26-point score just sitting there ready for anyone. And I think Zach, from what I've been told, I think Zach even regrets the timing of that because that was just a bad look. Joe Colley of the Sun-Times. Mr. Handsome himself. Following the Bulls. It is a late start for the Bulls tonight, right? A 9-30 start, I believe. But I'm not working tomorrow, so I don't have you to guys, stay You up guys want, a, want a, a preview game? Western Illinois Leathernecks are on ESPNU starting at 8 o'clock tonight. So you All can right. get most of that game in before the Bulls play. I, I, fl- I was watching the, the Bama-Auburn game, and I was like, am I going to really, really have an awful night and turn over to Marquette DePaul. Because Marquette is in the same category with me as, like, the Minnesota Twins. Like, I hate Marquette. But it's DePaul, and it's been hammer and nail for quite a while now as far as rivalry goes. DePaul did do something cool yesterday. They were wearing... Sneakers for coaches for cancer yesterday. Yeah. That coach is for cancer. Coaches versus, versus cancer. cancer. Yeah, that coach is for cancer. Yes, coaches versus cancer. Yes, they're not for it. They're <laughs> trying to beat it. And they put together a special edition Billy Blue Demon shoe. It is gorgeous. Well, anything good for DePaul. I'm... That's all I could. That's the only good that I can give. Because we didn't even really talk about. Dwayne Peavy's appearance no. and all of that hoo-ha that we heard about, well, so many people are interested. We still have the people that were interested last time yeah. who we didn't hire, so I, now we can go back to those people. It's fine. I'm like, what? What? Huh? Yeah. That's not great. Anyway, we were going to talk about the Bulls, but those those shoes there, DePaul Hoops's Twitter feed, you can see them. They're mm, size 10 if you're wondering. Anyway... This from Julia Poe actually pointed this in my direction, not me personally, but I follow her on Twitter and she covers the Bulls. This is from James Edwards III, who covers the Pistons. And he usually does like a review when it comes to the trade deadline. And it's like you say, look in the, in, the, in the mailbag and in the notes. This is what he said about the Bulls. He was talking about a whole bunch of different trade scenarios, and he said, similarly, the Chicago Bulls and Pistons have had conversations involving Zach Levine, league sources say. Chicago appears to be locked in on a package involving Bojan Bogdanovic and one of Detroit's blue chippers for Levine and his hefty contract. Once again, the Pistons have shown no interest in parting with any of Cunningham, Ivy, Duran, or Thompson. Well, then what are we doing? I'm not done yet. It is possible Detroit considers adding Levine when, if the Bulls' asking price goes down. However, those are discussions that have been happening and will continue to happen internally. 
there's a lot over there that you'd want if you were thinking about making a trade. And if you're the Bulls, you absolutely should be trying to get. They'll have to come off some of those names. I don't know if Ivy's a fit with where Kobe White is projecting right now. Yeah, that's a good point. But but Duran, Duran is a puppy. You talk about things that have been mismanaged. Duran's a big, talented puppy who doesn't even know where his hands and feet are going half the time. But when the light goes on there, get out the way. Get out the way, Dragic! Yep. Well, he did. He retired. He did. He was here, and he was trying to help you out by telling you what was wrong with your team. I was going to ask, that that cut about Steve Kerr doing the shot before, did he say what uh, of what they did a shot? No. I don't think he did. It's got to be Slivovitz, right? I don't know. You would think, but who knows? For a, for a Serbian? It, I, I would I would hope it's some home-brewed Slivovitz. Yeah, unless he likes something else. He doesn't have to conform. He didn't have to conform to know, what, so what the societal norms were. Maybe he was a guy that maybe was Malort. You don't know. But it's so good, though. When we did that that remote at the Old World Inn. Do you only think that I can eat, I can drink uh, Old English? Is that that all I can have? Old English 800 because that's my brand. Is that all I can have? Drink it in a 40 or a quart or a can. Yeah, that's all you're allowed to have. And I I only get fortified Concord grape (laughs) sweet wine. No, that's that's it. No, you only get Manischewitz. Like, that's it. Not good. Beth likes it. Does she really? It is objectively bad. Manischewitz? It's hideous. It's gross. It's it's I, yeah. I remember having it. I was like, "What's the what's the big whoop?" When I was staying at my cousin's uh, fraternity house at Cornell, one night one of the seniors is like, "Mad Dog and Matzah," because it was over over Passover. Like, what are we doing? He goes, "Mad Dog and Matzah." What do you mean? He goes, "It's a tradition. It's a capacity thing, and everybody get, get they get busted up boxes of matzah, and everybody gets their own bottle of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty." Like okay, when in Rome, guess guess we're doing this now. Oi, not 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 fun. When in Rome, what? When Go ahead, act, act, do as the Romans do. I've never heard that. When in Rome, <laughs> I actually did that. I you know I actually had a win in Rome. My first time in Rome, I actually had that moment where I, I was. We were ready. We were headed out for dinner, and we were going down. We were in the Excelsior Hotel, and we're right in the Via Veneto. And, and I'm going, and I'm sitting in, in the bar, and, and there's all of these, like, beautiful people there and these handsome men in leather jackets, and they're all, and they're all walking up to the bar, come party, come party, come party. And they're all drinking Campari on the rocks with a twist of lemon. Oh, as, that as, sounds as delightful. And I, don't, I didn't know what it was, but it's bright red. And they're like, oh, look at me, I, Come on. So I just, you're like winning <laughs> exactly. Rome. Exactly. I think this is this is what we do. I I'm gonna be one of these handsome men in a leather jacket and see it. And and it was San Diego. Right. But it was and it was really good. I actually really liked the sort of bitter Campari taste. I drank it the whole trip. Oh, cool. It was good because it's it is bright red. So you feel I don't know, it feels sort of exotic. Okay. It's nice. It's good. All right, well, good. Um oh, Kerr said it was Rakija. Which is a Serbian brandy. See? Well, you had him drinking one thing how and he was that, drinking another. How is that different from Slivo? I mean, the, their names are different, so they might have different ingredients. Rakia. 
Brachia is the collective term for fruit spirits or fruit brandy popular in the Balkans. So it is so so Slivovitz is a rakia, but not all rakia is Slivovitz. Yes, common flavors are Slivovica and Tuicha produced from plums. Okay, yeah, so it is what it was. I'm with you, studs. I don't know what's going on right now. What? I'm trying to figure out what they were drinking. He doesn't either. Um, let's go. Let's get back to us talking about the bull. I called you to talk about the bull. So, so the bulls are are at least having conversations, according to James L. Edwards III. And it's a good question. I don't know if he's Buddha's son or grandson. It's a pretty common name. I don't think it's. It might be covering you know? Detroit. That's true. Now we got to look him up. Any hoozle. Why don't we talk about Kobe White for a second? Because Kendall Gill had some thoughts about what we're seeing a better version and why we're seeing a better version overall out of Kobe White. There's a couple NBA refs that live here in Chicago, and, I, and I'm really good friends with them. So they told me, one of them told me a couple years back, he said, Kendall, you know Kobe's problem? He can't dribble. And then he says, I watch him all the time whenever I have games. He, he, just, he just can't dribble. So I'm watching, and he was right. Every time Kobe would go into a double team or, or try to blow past somebody, he would, he would lose the basketball. Not every time, but a lot of times. So he went, and he started working with this guy called Dribble Too Much. And he improved his handle. And the first thing that I tell all basketball players, young basketball players, work on your handle because when you work on your handle, that allows you to go any place you want to go with the basketball. It builds your confidence. This is the third year now Kobe White has worked with that guy, and his handles have drastically improved. You guys see the way he's getting to the basket now? Mm -hmm. Before he was just really relegated to shooting three-point shots, and maybe every once in a while he'll drive to the basket. Well, now he can get there anytime he wants to. And also, the shooting coach that I believe his name is uh, Peter Patton. Peter Patton has drastically improved uh, his jump shot, uh, his consistency. And with that confidence in in Kobe not having to look over his shoulder for somebody to come come and check him out of the game, you're giving him the keys to the car and you let him drive with the confidence that he got over the summers. And that's the reason why. Whatever's working is working. I was really surprised to see that he's still third, Kobe White, in the odds for most improved players. Well, remember, he had that, like, five-game stretch where he couldn't shoot again. Correct. But he seemed he recovered from it. Which is great. And I also, I object to the fact that Tyrese Maxey is number one for most improved. He's too good. He's too established what? to be most improved. I just think once you're already sort of accepted, he, he's, he has had a reputation already as a near-star player. But I'm not sure that he lived up to that reputation before this season. He's averaging 26 points a game. Oh, he is? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of points. And Alperin Sangoon is a good name, too, because that guy's a stud. He's doing Giannis stuff. <laughs> yeah, the numbers on Maxier. I didn't know it was 26. Yes. His career is is 17, and he's averaging 26. Okay, fine. Well, That, that probably qualifies for most improved Probably player. why he's odds-on on FanDuel is most improved. Because that's real good. He's averaging 26 and 7 assists a game. Yeah, he, and, and he's fun. He's fast. 
between I don't I don't know if I had to decide who's between De'Aaron Fox and Samantha Fox between De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Maxey who's end to end faster like that's peak John Wall mm. speed there I'd probably go with De'Aaron but yeah but yeah, I, I see more of Maxey but that's yeah those guys can really motor um since we were talking about al- alcohol tonight I will be in Orland Park 158th and 94th Avenue at Benny's Beverage Depot. Why? Because I'm there with Remy Martin. We are giving away free samples. They are making sidecars. It's always fun. The Remy Martin folks make the sidecars for you. We are signing people up for the Court of Dreams on March 1st at the United Center. A winner will be chosen on site. So come by. We get your information. You got good chances considering, you know, like how many people are able to stop by to bring your crew to the quarter dreams on March 1st. It's a really good package. So tonight, 530 to 7, I'll be at the Benny's in Orland, 158th and 94th Avenue with Remy Martin. It is going to be a good time. We can talk sports or not sports or sports if you want. <laughs> Any of those things are, are talk fair game. Sparps. But come on out to Benny's on 94th Avenue in Orland with Remy Martin and myself, and it'll be a good time. I'm going to stick to Sporps, but not next, because we've got High Noon. And I mentioned that in my very underwhelming night last night by myself, I ended up ordering a delivery from a Chicago institution, and there is a new menu item that for me was a game changer. And I think it's probably something you could always have gotten, and they would just charge you for it. But it was never officially on the menu until last night. I want to talk about some pimp bleep that happened on television yesterday. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Odyssey Station. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there. Out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? It is time for High Noon. And we began by talking about the White Sox news. John Schriffen. I keep wanting to say Schifrin, but it's not a Schriffen. Is the new White Sox television play-by-play And voice. he's not related to Michaela Schifrin. Correct. Right. So, or my first grade teacher, Mrs. Schifrin. I remember her first name. But they, he's going to be available today to talk to people. Oh, he is? Yeah. Cool. And then it'll be Schiffen and Stone for your that's White actually, Sox broadcast going forward. That's a pretty strong alliteration. Yeah, it works. Schiffen and Stone. Yeah, that's, it sounds like a oh, law two, firm. Two, two, yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Right? Schiffen and Stone are the lawyers for you. <laughs> right. Uh, we also talked about just the gross undercurrent of the college basketball game last night that you had Terrence Shannon playing basketball despite being arraigned on rape charges that are still pending. And then Northwestern is chanting no means no. But it's like, look, you're Northwestern and you had your own sexual assault scandal with the football team. And it just the whole thing was kind of gross and making the point where if if you're if you're just full-throated cheering for Terrence Shannon without 
it feeling weird, there's something wrong with you. Uh, Jarrett Payton was awesome as always, and we talked some bulls. It's Yesterday on not get up. What's the name of that show? First take. First take. Yesterday on first take, The Rock was on because now he's on the board and Great. you know he's he he's gonna be like a boss over at WWE. He was there promoting WWE and the the football league and everything else that he's up to. And they were getting ready to to kind of finish the conversation when this happened. Thank In you. that pinky ring. Yes. I don't know if that's vintage, but I'm obsessed with rings, if you can tell. I've been staring at it the entire show. It's amazing. Really? There you go. No. Yep. Are you serious? I am. Stop it. <laughs> this is incredible. It's really No, I have to tell you the truth. So actually, real quick, then we'll go. So Nick Khan's sister-in-law, Lisette Mora, is one of my dear yes. friends, and she's my stylist. And I was literally going to text her, like, we need something like this, a vintage. This wow. is Wow. It is vintage. means Thank a lot to me, so but much. it means so much that you called you it out. Sure? Absolutely, 100%. She's, yes. she's not taking it off. Trust me. So she's not taking it off. It is special. So The Rock was like, here you go. Took the ring off. It's a David Yerman Empire Signet ring. Okay. It cost you like 1500 bucks or whatever. And he was just like, here. How cool is that? It's very cool. I just was trying to figure out if it fits his pinky, she could probably wear it on a... On, on her a, thumb. Yeah. Right. It's a big baller move right there. It's it's an incredible baller move by him. But he does stuff like this. And when you got money like that. You can. Right. But I I know that there are, I have friends in in the Middle East where, in college, from the Middle East, their families are from the Middle East where, like, you're like, hey, I really dig that. And they'll be like, here you go. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't need you to give me that. I'm saying that I really like it. But some people take it as an offense if you don't receive the gift that someone gives you after you compliment it. I don't know if it's it's if it's a Samoan thing. I don't. But I thought it was a cool move by The Rock. Just like, yeah, I got it like that. Watch this. Here you go. $1,500 ring off my finger. There, you can have it. Shout out to Molly for... I got to start telling people, Dan, I really like your watch. Give it here. Clean it. Thank you for reminding me. I got to do that before we leave. You're supposed I, thought to, you're I thought he was taking it off to give it to you. Yeah, I was like, Whoa. To, that would have been awesome. You're supposed to give it to him. No, Dan. it's fine. No, this I, is. I have a lot of watches. I've I've figured out that I don't really like jewelry that this, much. This was from high school. This was this was my high school incentive. All right, then I'll take incentive? it. Um, yeah, the, he, he said if you get if what what was it? If you finish in the top five percent of your class and have an A average, you get a Rolex. Wow. And I'll take it. Hand it over. Yeah. It's like your guy, Kenneth Allen. He's a pinky ring guy. Oh, that's right. Right? That's right. You see him in the commercials. He's like, hey, <laughs> I got this hat and I got these pinky uh, rings. Pinky. And I'm going to get you the most money if you had an accident. Put the hat on. Smooth. <laughs> All right. Everybody who guessed this is wrong so far. Everybody who guessed what my fast food Chicago Institution experience was last night. The guesses are fascinating. Someone said, wait a sec, you doubled up the meat on a Big Mac. Or you did the double McChicken. Someone said, wait a second. Did you get the... Let me guess, you did Harold's salt and pepper with hot and mild. 
there's a 50 uh, nugget thing at Wendy's, too, that people can order. And you can get a piece of, you can get an actual cake at McDonald's if you want. What'd you do? Okay. So I saw this on the menu. I'm like, wait, why did no one tell me about this? And maybe this is something you've been able to order all the time. I had a Jonesin for Al's beef last night. Good call. So I. Oh, right there. It's right there, right? It's Western and Elston yeah. right there. Yeah, so they, they come right up. But it's expensive. I mean, a, a, a big beef is like 15 bucks, and, you know, fries are, are like they're fries. six. Their fries are amazing. Oh. <laughs> Their fries are so good. I know. They're so great. So, and then I realize, guess what you can get for four ninety five? Melted cheese. Mm-mm. It's a standalone item. A Polish. Good Polish kid. Gravy bread, nice. So basically, it's dipped. it's it's a it's a dipped sandwich without the meat, but it's wrapped up like a sandwich, and it's the it's for some of us the best part. I mean, the meat's obviously great, but I'm like, what gravy bread? And if you know Al's well enough, you know that their gravy, it's not just. Clear. Like once they dip that down, they take the yeah, tongs. Yeah, they're remnants. Yes, there's debris, and it's wrapped up in the wax paper, just like a sandwich. It smells so good. So too. it's sopping hot, filled with little bits, just enough bits of of the beef and the and the fat and everything, and it's heaven. And I got an extra thing of Jardinier. I got so I had a, instead of getting two fries or two beefs. I got the big beef, I got the large fries, I got the gravy bread, and it was perfect. Absolutely. I was just savoring every single bite. So I'm sure the people in the know, like, Bernstein, you can always get gravy. They'll always do gravy bread for you. I'd never thought of it. I had never seen it. I had never tried. But it is now officially on the menu. How quickly are you going to go back to it? Uh... Like, like, how quickly are you like, mm, now that I, mean, I know this secret, I'm going to, like, is that going to be something you do for Championship Sunday? Ooh. It, it's, I, I don't, like, I could make a whole, my, my favorite thing I used to do with my mom. When, the when, chicken. No. The when schmaltz, right? Schmaltz, is, I mean, that's, that's, that's just soul food. But when my mom would make a brisket, the cooking liquid, the braising liquid for the brisket, she would set aside and then we would sit. She, she'd heat it up in a big bowl. And we would get out, like, Wonder Bread and just, like, dip the bread in the braising liquid of the brisket. That's what this is. Like, this touched on Proustian childhood notes. So you had the, the big beef, the fries, and the bread. And the gravy bread. But, but there's How high were you? There's still... <laughs> like, like, that is like, definitely a stoned <laughs> order if I've ever heard one. You know, make it three large fries, bro. Well, I'm not even going to tell you what I had for dessert. No, you got to tell us what you oh, had. Did come you on, have, you can't. Did you, you do the do ice it, cream man. for dessert? What'd you do? Okay, Mariano's has been discounting bags of, of like Christmas candy and Halloween candy. So I've been going to the back and... Buy, it's basically free. They're basically giving away candy. So I had a bag of individually wrapped full-size Reese's peanut butter cups. I ate the entire bag. That's that's you, a that's a Warren Holmes move I right ate the there. Entire bag. That's like my dad's thing. He, he, he it was like 
It had to be 15 of them. Probably 15 Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah, that's... You had a better night than any of us could have suggested <laughs> right, right. at all. Right. It was perfect. He was out here worried about what his night was. I'm going to be a lonely man walking around the house like Nixon. I even invited him out. reference for him. But it was much better. Well, he didn't want to be going out in your neighborhood yesterday. There was oh, all yeah. sorts of stuff going there on. There was. There really was. So that's not a thing. That is high noon. And... Dan's high dinner that he had last <laughs> night. I'm not, I'm maybe. When we come back, Matt Bowen's going to join us. We'll talk about Championship Sunday and what he thinks of Shane Waldron. You do not want to go anywhere. It's Bernstein and Holmes. We're here with you until 2 o'clock on The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.